the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Controversy growing over President Biden's desire to pack the Supreme Court. Should the high court have more than nine justices? Should there be term limits? rather than lifetime appointments? These proposals for, for stacking or packing the Supreme Court or term limits, th- these are proposals by people who are frustrated that they don't win often enough in the Supreme Court. Heritage Foundation senior legal fellow Tom Jipping. No let-up to the hurricane season. Rick is now heading for Mexico's southern Pacific coast, likely to reach land by Monday. An earthquake has shaken Taiwan, several injuries, no reports of any deaths, however. The government says the 6.5 magnitude quake was centered some 20 miles east of Taipei. Skyscrapers in the city were swaying. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. China tests a hypersonic missile, and the Democrats' response is a yawn. Frankly, the Democrats have been the party of military weakness for decades now. Join us on our program and sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Your forecast for today, we're looking at mostly cloudy and a high of 49 with a low of 36 for tonight. Tomorrow, Sunday, and a high of 51 and a low of 34. Streaming on demand at am1280thepatriot.com, the Dinesh D'Souza podcast. You know him as the New York Times bestselling author with over a dozen books published in his filmmaking roles behind Hillary's America, Death of a Nation, Trump Card, and more. He reads up to today with the free Dinesh D'Souza podcast at am1280thepatriot.com. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. Views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering, go flight. Master control, go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network at Facebook.com. And by the way, we are live streaming the broadcast right now at our Facebook page. I'm waving to the camera. So uh, we hope you can uh, tune in any way you can. And uh, be sure to check out the uh, podcast if you can't, if you haven't, Listen to the show live as yet. Uh, go to our podcast page at am1280thepatriot.com. Check those out as well. I want to take a transition now to some national political talk and, of course, talk to our political wonk, Matt Makoviak. Yeah, you can find his uh, fine work at the Mac on Politics podcast. It's M-A-C-K, Mac on Politics podcast, wherever you uh, listen to your favorite podcast. We're going to talk to uh, Matt about uh, some of the uh, aspects going on in Washington, D.C., preview some uh, big gubernatorial races that uh, where Election Day is a little more than a week away, and uh, they're definitely making national news, that is for certain. Uh, Matt Makoviak, always good to have you on the broadcast, sir. How are you today? I'm doing great, Brad. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much. I uh, want to get, I guess, right into it. I alluded to some big gubernatorial races. Uh, the one that's really garnering a lot of headlines, of course, is 
Uh, former Virginia Governor uh, Terry McAuliffe taking another stab at it, running for uh, election against Republican Glenn Youngkin. I'll get to that one in a bit, but uh, I not been following the re-election bid for New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, Democrat. Uh, I saw recently that uh, Barack Obama went to New Jersey to campaign on his behalf. Uh, I haven't been following that closely, Matt McCoviak. Is Phil Murphy in some sort of trouble? A Democrat in New Jersey? Do I have that right? No, I don't. I don't think he's in trouble. Um, but you know, uh, this is a off year election. I mean, it's a it, you know, New Jersey and Virginia are always the year after the sure. presidential election. Yeah. Um, you know, Murphy has made some decisions related to COVID and school closings, and those kinds of things, I'm sure, that were in some ways unpopular. And, you know, I think the intensity uh, deficit that Democrats have among their supporters compared to Republicans right now is, is a real thing. Uh, I think Virginia is much more in play than New Jersey because uh, I, I have not heard as much about the Republican side uh, of that race. And I think if that race was building, you would be hearing more, you'd be seeing more. And that doesn't really feel like that's what's happening. But if you are seeing, uh, you know, low black turnout in the early vote in, uh, in New Jersey, that would explain why uh, Barack Obama, the former president, went to Newark. Yeah, absolutely. I Like I say, I just uh, that, that seems surprising to me that, uh, you know, a uh, former president. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have other things to do and felt the need to go to New Jersey. So, well, I appreciate the clarification on that. Obviously, uh, as we alluded to, the Virginia race certainly get a lot, getting a lot of fanfare. Terry McAuliffe, again, who uh, was elected governor back in uh, uh, 2013. I remember you uh, you kind of worked with a Republican at that time, uh, uh, Ken Cuccinelli. I remember we had you on yep. uh, eight years ago to talk about that. So McAuliffe uh, resurrecting, uh, tra- running again uh, for governor against the Republican Glenn Youngkin. Uh, he, the focus of this, of course, uh, is education. The fact that a Republican is even maybe even a point or two ahead of the Democrat in terms of who which candidate you prefer on education that in and of itself is a surprise plus you got Virginia which has become more and more of a blue state over the past couple of election cycles but specifically there was a debate where Terry McAuliffe indicated that parents should not have as much of a say in their kids education combine that with the fact of what appears to be a cover-up in Loudoun County uh, School District uh is Terry is Terry McCall uh, is Terry McAuliffe uh, convincing voters that his comments were uh, taken out of context? Matt McCoviak, or is he kind of uh, swimming upstream with that one? Yeah, you know it's interesting. Um, I think uh, in the Virginia race, the Democrats are trying to nationalize the race, trying to make you know Youngkin uh, a Trump Republican when really Trump is pretty irrelevant to a governor's race in off year. Uh, and certainly McCall's been on defense uh, on those comments made at that debate. Uh, he's not run a very inspired campaign. Uh, he's a retread. He's been governor once. Of course, they have this weird rule where you can serve as many terms as you want. You just can't serve consecutive right. terms. Right. So George Allen, I think, may have served two, two uh, non-consecutive terms, and now McCall is trying to do that as well. Uh, but Youngkin is interesting. I mean, he's probably not your natural sort of blue-collar Republican, working-class, uh, appealing type of candidate, having, having been in a senior role at the Carlisle Group, a hedge fund. Uh, private equity shop in, in New York. Uh, but that said, he uh, he's run a very good campaign, been very focused on the issues. These rallies he's doing across the state are, are drawing large crowds, lots of positive momentum. You can just look. There's an intent, as I was saying earlier, there's an intensity advantage Republicans have right now. Uh, part of that is, you know, Biden's numbers falling, falling down, right. job approval now, the, basically the high 30s. Uh, and there is some panic on the Democratic side about losing Virginia. If they lose Virginia, you could see more House retirements. You could see uh, fundraising for Republicans continue to improve and, and fundraising for Democrats continue to, to, to get worse. Um, but, then, look, Northern Virginia has been a strong Democratic area. If I remember Biden, I think, won Virginia by eight points. So if you go from Biden winning by eight to, to a governor's race, then going perhaps narrowly to a Republican, just one year later, it does tell you that things are shifting. I remember the uh, 2017 gubernatorial race in Virginia when Ralph Northam easily uh, uh, defeated Ed Gillespie. I think it was like an eight or nine point race. And I think in the Virginia House of Delegates, uh, Democrats had a huge wave. I think it was practically a two to one Republican advantage to basically being even after that election. And many people surmised that that was kind of a bellwether to what happened in the midterms nationally the, the following year. And sure enough, we saw the Democrats a strong performance uh, in the U.S. House. So to that end, Matt McCoviak, do you see kind of a similar 
Uh, Bellwether, Virginia, playing a similar role uh, this time around uh, as far as a precursor to next year's midterms? I think the challenge with calling it Bellwether is that um, this election is occurring in November of 2021 and the midterm election will be November of 2022, and we know a lot will change between now and then. Right. What it can show is that the electorate is not happy with the direction the country's going and that Biden's numbers are weak and that his uh, support even among Democrats, but certainly among independents, is soft. Biden is a drag right now. There's just simply no question about that. Now, we're, we may be heading into an important week, and, uh, you know, I imagine they're going to announce that they have a deal on a reconciliation and perhaps even get a bill on infrastructure before the end of the week because they're going to try to affect the Virginia governor's race. Uh, that timing, you know, is not, not uh, unintentional. And the fact that Biden goes to Europe right as the Virginia race is happening is also not intentional. So all these things are signals, but they're not signals about the future. They're signals about the present. Sure. And so the question is, you know, what happens with inflation? What happens with the border crisis, with the economy, with Biden's legislative agenda, with, uh, you know, Republican uh, candidate fundraising and recruiting? What happens with Democratic incumbent retirements? All those things are going to determine where we are next year. But, yeah, this would be a wake-up call for Democrats, and I think it would be a Republicans real, you know, new wind in their sails and new momentum. I'm glad you brought that up about the uh, reconciliation package. We've been hearing a lot about this. Obviously, uh, Democrat senators uh, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona have been kind of the holdouts try- trying to pump the brakes on, you know, they, I, I think I've seen proposals of upwards of $3.5 trillion, which after the $1.5 trillion infrastructure package, I realize it's only passed the Senate as yet, not the House, plus other COVID relief packages that have been passed. It just, you know, it seems prudent to pump the brakes on this. But nevertheless, we are hearing news that there are negotiations. I think I heard this weekend that Majority Leader Schumer, as well as Joe Manchin, are visiting with uh, President Biden uh, in Delaware. You just indicated that you suspect a deal may get done. Uh, If you can possibly predict Matt McCoviak, do you kind of have a sense of what this, what the price tag will end up being on this reconciliation package? I have a hard time. It'll be three and a half trillion, but still it seems like an exorbitant amount of money, whatever it'll be. Yeah, that's true. I mean, three and a half trillion is the most, you know, in American history. I think it's the most in world history. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it seems like they're going to fall at somewhere between 1.8 and 2.2. Uh, that's been what Biden's been talking about. Uh, and obviously once Manchin comes on board, um, you know, that's significant. Of course, they're going to need cinema as well. And so, look, the devil's in the details. The first thing you have to do on something like this is come up with a top-line number that you accept, and everyone accepts. And then after that, you find out what's in and what's out, and that's going to take some time as well. Sure. And so we'll see. They're not going to have an agreement on all the parts. They're just, they're just not. There's some major energy elements. There's some major health care and prescription drug elements that are going to take a lot of time to negotiate and to finalize an agreement on. They're not going to have that this week. I can't imagine how it this week. But they may announce uh, a quote-unquote deal to try to give this thing new momentum and perhaps to – dislodge the infrastructure bill, which did pass in the Senate on a bipartisan basis, yep. and presumably would pass in the House on a bipartisan basis as well. We uh, Speaking of Joe Manchin, we had seen a story, I think it was a far-left uh, website, Mother Jones, had come out with a story that Manchin was kind of looking for a way to uh, exit the Democrat Party, uh, not to become a Republican, but, become, but to become an independent. But that would still... Uh, give the Republicans a majority because it would be 50 Republicans, 49 Democrats, and an independent. However, Joe Manchin quickly came out and kind of uh, quashed those rumors. Uh, as far as you know, Matt, was that even ever under a consideration, or is this just this more wild rumor-mongering that, uh, I guess, bored people <laughs> have nothing better to do but then to put forth? Yeah, I don't I don't see much to it. Uh, and honestly, the question of whether you're a Democrat or independent is irrelevant as long as you're willing to caucus with the Democrats. Remember, the, the uh, Angus King is an independent man. He caucuses with the Democrats. Right. Well, they have a 50-50 uh, a tie, which Kamala Harris breaks and gives them a narrow majority. So unless he's going to become a Republican, unless he's going to become a true independent and not caucus with the Democrats, I don't see how, you know, why you do it. I just don't see the advantage sure. to it. Um, you know, and keep in mind, if he runs as an independent, he's not going to position to run for the Democratic ticket in West Virginia. Right. Uh, you know, when you're presumably when you run for for re-election, I think at one time he was going to be governor again. I don't know where that stands. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's much to that. Uh, you know, he's going to continue to frustrate the former Democrats because he does not want massive spending. He does not want uh, an anti oil and gas energy approach. Uh, he does not want to raise taxes on corporations if if it can be avoided. You know, he's a fairly fairly traditional line of Democrat, pro business Democrat, generally speaking, and he has been courageous. And committed, and he's put up with enormous amounts of abuse. That's Christian cinema, but so far they've held the line. 
Absolutely. Once again, we are uh, joined by our political walk, Matt McCoviak, talking all things uh, national politics. And Matt, we need to take a quick break. Are you able to hold for one final segment with us? Sure. Okay, Matt McCoviak will be back. We'll uh, kind of get his insights on uh, some of the uh, congressional races that are coming up next year. As he mentioned, uh, election year for the national midterms, a uh, little more than a year away. But uh, it's never too early to engage in a little premature speculation. And if you'd like to weigh in on any of the topics we're discussing right now with Matt, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, the closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Silver screen quotation. And if you want these kind of dreams, it's Californication. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon, we're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Marcus by Goldman Sachs offers personal loans with no fees, ever. Banks offer coffee. So what's more important, a Marcus by Goldman Sachs loan with no fees that could help consolidate debt or bank coffee that tastes like bank coffee? You can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs & Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Lending and deposits products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Our culture continues to struggle to find its footing. Heritage Christian Academy's footing remains secure. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of all we do. Come see how a Bible-based academic education can support the values and teachings of your Christian home. Plan to attend Prospective Family Information Night on October 26th at 7 p.m. Staff will be on hand to provide information, answer questions, and conduct tours. RSVP at admissions at myhca.org. That's admissions at myhca.org. AM 1280 The Patriot's Business Benefactor Program is back next week. For one week only, you'll have the opportunity to make a donation to a local charity and get 40 radio ads for your business as our thank you. Keep listening for details on our Business Benefactor Program. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows... You can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Get that rack shack attack, rack shack barbecue. Pick it up or take it out, rackshacktogo.com or rackshackdelivery.com. It's so easy. Hey, you've been working hard. Half the staff is gone and your crew needs a lift. Go to rackshacktogo.com for pickup or rackshackdelivery.com and we'll bring it out to you. It's America's food and the right thing to do. Get that Rack Shack attack, Rack Shack barbecue. Oh, 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 yeah. Tennessee. 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 Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriots. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show. For any comments or questions, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, continuing our discussion with Matt Bakoviak, talking all things. National politics uh, talked a lot about uh, the gubernatorial races that are being nationalized, particularly the one out of Virginia, as well as some news out of the U.S. Congress. Uh, Matt, speaking of the United States Congress, obviously some uh, key races up next year in the midterms. The Republicans within striking distance to take the majority in the U.S. House. Uh, U.S. Senate right now, as we mentioned, at a 50-50 split, and there are going to be a handful of states that uh, we're obviously going to want to focus upon to see uh, what uh, where Republicans could make gains, where they're vulnerable. I guess uh, let's start in Georgia. I know we've talked about Georgia before, and that's one state in particular where 
uh, Trumpism, particularly the Trump Republicanism, didn't fly well down there. Obviously, he lost in the 2020 election. And right now, the only major name that is declared on the Republican side is Herschel Walker. I get it. The primary is not for a while yet. But uh, is Herschel Walker, in your mind, the inevitable GOP candidate? And if so, would he be a formidable statewide candidate? Yeah, he's obviously a huge name and a heroic figure in that state, having been the Heisman Trophy winning football uh, running back uh, for, for the Georgia Bulldogs and having had a, not just a great NFL career before that, I believe he's in the USL, USFL, excuse me, um, yep. and was a, a record-setting running back there as well. So that was becoming a, a big deal back in those days. Uh, he has lived in Dallas for much of his adult life uh, and been less engaged in Georgia, but he does you know, maintain this sort of heroic status in the state. He became... They had profile surrogate for President Trump in 2016 to a great extent in 2020, giving a very impressive speech defending President Trump, uh, in particular denying he's a racist at the Republican National Convention, one of the more effective speeches I can remember mm. uh, wit- witnessing. Uh, he is going to be the front runner, and I've, I've, I've been personally supporting a, a U.S. Navy SEAL, a retired Navy SEAL and former Trump White House National Security Council advisor, Latham Sadler, who got in for Herschel and is a very impressive candidate. Um, we're going to have to see if, if Herschel's fundraising is so strong that it makes it impossible for other candidates to run and, and, give, and give themselves a chance to be the nominee. Um, I know. I think I saw his first fundraising, fundraising report was pretty strong, uh, and I know he's doing an enormous amount of texting and emailing and has a national donor base. So Herschel's going to be the frontrunner, certainly, and he can win. I did believe that. Okay. Uh, he does have some, some challenges in his background. Some of that's you know been, been, been bandied about. Uh, but, but Warnock is also on the Democratic side raising enormous amounts of money. That's going to be a very high-profile, very consequential U.S. Senate race next year. Yeah, obviously, we'll focus on a couple other states. I guess another one, uh, Arizona. We know uh, uh, Mark Kelly won there uh, in uh, 2020, his special election, and uh, will be up again for re-election in, in 2022. I know the uh, Attorney General is one of the more pro- uh, Mark Burnovich, one of the uh, prominent candidates on the Republican side, uh, declaring. Uh, Arizona is... Um, Given that Trump lost in Arizona and now both U.S. senators out of Arizona are Democrats, is that the sign of a trend that the state's going more purplish to light blue, or is that just Arizonans being, as John Gabriel likes to call them, contrarians? Uh, What can you kind of gauge from uh, that uh, perspective of the Republicans flipping that one? Yeah, and we've also got to watch to see whether Doug Ducey, the popular Republican governor, gets in. You know, that could still happen. I know that's the goal that Rick Scott, the National Republican Central Campaign Chairman, U.S. Senator from Florida, is hoping for. Ducey uh, does get elected at the statewide level. I believe most, if not all, of the statewide offices are Republican. Um, and I believe most of the congressional seats are Republican, although there are a couple prominent Democrats in, in, the, in, their, uh, in, in their delegation as well. So, yeah, Kelly, <clears throat> Kelly's also had very strong fundraising. Um, and he's been, in my, in my view, a fairly low-key U.S. senator. I don't know if I've seen him doing any interviews. I can't remember anything he's said or done. So perhaps he's just raising money, keeping his head down. And it's fresh from that term. But that is going to be a very competitive race. Uh, I would think that the border crisis uh, give Republicans a great opportunity to win that. He's obviously a freshman. He's only been there two years, hasn't done much yet. Uh, this would be the time to, to beat him if you're going to do it. Yeah, uh, I guess. Are there any other prospects to uh, as far as Republican flips? Obviously, with the uh, with the with the map, uh, you know, Georgia and Arizona would seem the most likely. I've been hearing some scuttle a little bit. Out of um, New Hampshire, I know the current Senator Maggie Hassan barely won her race against uh, Kelly Ayotte in 2016. There's talk that if Governor uh, Chris Sununu were to jump in that race, that would give the Republicans immediate advantage, particularly because at least right now, again, as you mentioned, a lot of things could change in a year, but at least right now, Biden's significantly underwater in New Hampshire. Uh, what are you hearing about the scuttle of uh, Governor Sununu possibly running in that race? Yeah, he's ahead, and I can tell you Republicans are very bullish on New Hampshire. Uh, we've had a tremendous oil opioid crisis up there. Uh, you know, Hassan is not, not popular uh, and is not in a strong position. Uh, and so I do believe uh, if he runs, he has a very, very good chance to win. That would be very significant if that would happen. Uh, he's got some time. You know, being governor is always better than being U.S. senator. Uh, the, the, the advantage of being U.S. senator, obviously, is the scale is different. You're a national figure. You can engage on issues like foreign policy and national national security and defense, which you can't really do as governor to the same extent. But, you know, as a governor, you're an executive, right? You're, you're driving news, you're making decisions, you're issuing executive orders, you're calling special sessions, you're signing and vetoing legislation. 
you're you know managing the the executive branch of your state. Uh, you're overseeing your national guard and, and how you help respond to crises. In the U.S. Senate, you vote, uh, you file legislation, and you and you send out press releases. Right? It's just a different kind of job. And so a lot of times governors take longer when they think about running the U.S. Senate unless they're term limited. And uh, so for for Snidu and for Ducey in New Hampshire and Arizona, respectively, they have to really work through it. And generally, the timeline takes them longer to, to conclude that it needs to be done. In both cases, Republicans at the national level are really trying to recruit those guys to run because it really increases the odds Republicans take the majority back. And that would be truly significant given the possibility of a Supreme Court vacancy, given uh, you know the, the desire to want to shape some of the nominees that Biden may have in the second term, and of course the legislative agenda. Uh, being that you have you know some votes that require sixty votes and some issues that require a simple majority. Yeah, absolutely, a very very key one to uh, keep an eye upon. Uh, let's, I guess, on the uh, on the other side, let's talk about current Republican held seats where uh, I don't know if they're vulnerable or not. Uh, I guess the one that stands out in particular, uh, incumbent Senator Pat Toomey out of Pennsylvania, has never been a rib rock conservative, but he is a Republican, uh, not seeking reelection. Uh, the only name that I've really heard as far as running for the Republican ticket out of there, uh, Sean Parnell, definitely much more uh, in the Trump mold than uh, uh, Senator Toomey was. Uh, what can you tell us about that particular uh, Senate race? Yeah, open seat. Uh, going to be interesting to watch. That's a state Republicans need to move back into their column if they're going to you know, have a chance to win the White House in 2024. I had high hopes for President Trump winning Pennsylvania uh, in 2020. I know there was a lot of you know, questions about how he appeared to be up on election night and then lost it a few days later as more no votes came in. Um, you know, in that race, you do have a Democratic Attorney General, Josh Shapiro, who just got in. He's got significant resources, significant name. I think he'll be a strong uh, candidate. You have the Lieutenant Governor. The, I think he's got long hair. This guy, John Fetterman, who's kind of like a, uh, I think he's a motorcycle rider, kind of a oh, tough guy. Wow. Uh, he's one to watch. He's, he has a national base and he's been on MSNBC quite a bit over the years. Um, on the Republican side, you're right. I love Sean Parnell. I'm a huge fan of his. I've had him on my podcast. He's a hero. He's courageous, uh, understands politics, understands grassroots, understands the threat the left poses. Whether he be the nominee, I don't know. I believe there's a, a self-funding businessman in. I think there may be a couple other candidates there as well. So I think that's going to be uh, kind of a jump ball primary. But uh, on both sides, I think there's uncertainty who the nominees will be, and that will obviously shape uh, the race as it heads forward. <clears throat> Some other key reti- uh, retirements, uh, Rob Portman in Ohio, Roy Blunt, Missouri. Those are states that uh, President Trump won handily uh, in 2020. Missouri uh, seems to be pretty solid. Ohio, I, um, again, President Trump won that again in 2020. Um, what are we looking at for those? Yeah, they're both solid. I think in Ohio, you're going to have Josh Mandel, who's been state treasurer. He's been uh, right on the precipice of becoming a national figure in the past. He's passed on some other races. Uh, I think he'll be a likely nominee, although J.D. Vance, the author and hedge fund guy and uh, former partner, uh, investment partner with Steve Case, the former founder of AOL, I think is making a, uh, he's running an interesting campaign also. Democratic side, I imagine the nominee will become Tim Ryan, who ran for president. He's a working class, mainstream, Democratic congressman, uh, although I believe uh, Martha, I think Martha Fudge is running there as well. He's one of the senior members of the Congressional Black Caucus, if I remember correctly. Uh, Marsha, Marsha Fudge, although now I'm thinking about Mike Murphy Governor, I can't remember. Uh, on the, uh, uh, on Missouri, you know, that's a strong state. I can't, you know, there's a couple of Republicans running there. I think the, the Attorney General, I believe his name is Schmidt, Eric Schmidt, uh, was let, probably the elect nominee next U.S. Senator, so, uh, well, you know, that, that one won't be in play. You know, the one we haven't discussed is Wisconsin, with Ron Johnson yes. uh, not deciding whether he's going to run or not. He is, without question, the most vulnerable incumbent Republican in the U.S. Senate, and his decision is going to be significant. If he doesn't run, as I expect he won't, although he's hard really? to predict. Uh, yeah, I, I just I think he may not. We'll see. Uh, if he doesn't run, I think you'll see uh, Mike Gallagher, uh, decorated military veteran, member of Congress, likely be the Republican nominee. And on the Democratic side, they'll have three or four strong candidates running. I believe it's the sitting lieutenant governor being one of them. Fantastic. Yeah, great insights. All I, I was not. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, uh, obviously Ron Johnson uh, very vulnerable, but I did not know that he was uh, considering not running for reelection. But we'll. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye upon, certainly. So uh, once again, we've been joined by our political wonk, Matt Bukowiak. You can check out uh, his fine work at uh, Mac on Politics. That's uh, M-A-C-K, Mac on Politics. 
uh, podcast. Uh, Matt, I saw the last podcast you drop about uh, mid-September. Uh, is that? I know you got a lot going on down there in Austin uh, with your uh, uh, local ballot initiatives. Any uh, any podcasts that you can tease uh, coming up in the near future? Yeah, we got a couple we're working on. I haven't nailed them down yet, but and I have been absolutely swamped in Austin trying to sure. refund our police and, def- and defeat this defund the police movement here. So, yeah, I've been a little backed up. As soon as that's past us on November 2nd, I'll be uh, digging back in. We'll be doing weekly episodes again. So I appreciate uh, you, your interest, and we'll have some very soon. Yeah, well, yeah, thank you, Matt, again, for all your hard work down there in Austin. We've been keeping uh, an eye upon that as well around around the uh, Defund the Police initiative. Uh, thank, for you, thank you for your yeoman's work on that as well. Best of luck in that going forward, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Appreciate it. Look forward to it. Take care. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast with me, Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them the cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Mill Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Start corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. Right, licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800 800- 884 9018 800-884-9018. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hey, welcome back. M1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show for any comments or questions. As I'm closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming, you can catch our friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, the businessman for the King Banyan Show. He's on Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. One of the finest shows in economics you'll ever hear. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot. He's heard Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m., followed immediately by Jack Tomzak with The Jack Tomzak Show, 3 to 5 p.m. 
And me, Brad Carlson, closing out weekends every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. And again, here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Uh, as always, we're honored to have on our broadcast a friend of the broadcast, Peter Johnson. He's the founder of Archway Defense, uh, talking all things uh, firearms, firearm safety, uh, you know, Second Amendment issues, uh, what have you. Uh, it's been a while since we've had him in studio. He's been doing a lot of traveling, so glad we can catch him on a weekend while he's in town. Peter Johnson, always good to see you, sir. How are As you? always, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, now, we did have a caller question earlier. I'm yeah. wondering if maybe you could take that. A caller was asking, uh, officer, former Minneapolis police officer Muhammad Noor, who was resentenced, I think, to just 40 months. I think the charge was knocked down from, was it second-degree murder to third-degree, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, into the manslaughter. Manslaughter, okay. Yep. Uh Someone asked if he would be allowed to carry a gun again once that he's released. I'm not familiar with the protocols on that, Peter Johnson. So if I'm not mistaken, I'll look into this, but uh, I believe the manslaughter charge that he's going for, it serves a prison sentence of more than one year and one day, which felony. So if you're a felon, obviously that's a no-go for the guns. Okay. Um, So to my knowledge that he would, even after being released, now there is a process where you can expunge records and stuff like that, but just day one he gets released. To my knowledge, he'll still have his felony status, which means he cannot legally possess a firearm. Ever again? Ever I mean, there's again. no rehabilitation process or anything that you well, can go through? There's that... processes you can go to, but it's not a rehabilitation. It's an expungement process. So you have okay. to apply and go to court again and see if you can reinstate those rights. Yeah, uh, highly. I mean, it's one thing to reduce the sentencing to manslaughter, expungement. I think that's a that's a big <laughs> ask. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I mean, you never know, but... Uh, it would be highly improbable. Okay. Okay. Well, whomever the caller was, we appreciate uh, that question. Uh, hopefully they're still listening and got the uh, answer to that question. Uh, I talked about this story a couple of weeks ago when I was on the air uh, Sunday because details started to leak out of a shooting that took place on a Saturday evening. And this would have been a couple of weekends ago near the 7th Street uh, truck park. Uh, it's kind of a cool place, actually. I've been there a couple times before. It's near Excel Energy Center. Uh, apparently three men, uh, I don't know what the rationale was. Apparently there was dispute, started opening fire on this very crowded venue. There's a bunch of people gathered outside, and it's kind of an open area where uh, there's a obviously dance floor inside, uh, what have you. The interesting thing about this is literally the night before, Ramsey County Sheriff Bob Fletcher, I don't know if you ever watch his live on patrol on Facebook, he live streams his patrolling when he goes out at, at in the evening with his whomever his colleague is that's in the passenger seat, literally 20 hour, 24 hours before, he pulled up to this 7th Street truck park and said, look at all these people gathering out there. This is just ripe for some sort of violent incident. Now, And sure enough, 24 hours later, it happened. Now, Peter, you've talked about it a lot on this show, talking about soft targets, where it's such a chaotic environment that if people all of a sudden start firing shots, you don't know what to do, where to go, because People are so crowded together. Uh, maybe kind of expand on that a little bit. Yeah, so the the concept of a soft target is something with l- very little, if any, mitigation to cause mass casualty. Um, so a soft target uh, for a lot of places would be a faith-based or churches. Right. You have a ton of people in there. They're very uh, condensed and very little, if any, security. That's a pretty classic Not soft in target. all churches. I'm not in saying. all churches, yeah. if we have anything to say about it. Yes, but thankfully, yes. <laughs> um, not all churches. But historically, churches or movie theaters, right. stuff like that. Well, also bars or after a bar or open air bar, uh, anything like that where it's, one, you have a ton of people, Pulse nightclub shooting, mm-hmm. very soft, soft target, and obviously we saw what happened there. Yes. So this, this type of incident um, kind of plays into that soft target. Very little mitigation, very little standoff, and a ton of people, even a bad shooter could hit the broadside of a barn. A hundred, two hundred people standing around. So, as we've learned more about this incident, again, I guess it was a dispute, got out of control. And as uh, you know, we don't like to make light of this, but typically the kind of element that had that was firing the guns, you know, kind of the holding it sideways, the safest place to be is the target area where they're actually trying to shoot. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, uh, we, again, we don't like to make light of it, but that, that's just a fact, Peter Johnson. Yeah. Um, 
the the danger is whether it's Minneapolis, St. Paul, or Chicago, the the perpetrators of this incredible spike that we've seen in violent crime, specifically with uh, firearms, and we'll go into that, but illegally purchased firearms or stolen, most of them are horrific shots. Uh, I've personally, my wife and I have per- personally witnessed uh, shooting in Chicago, broad daylight. Oh my gosh! Like really? muzzle flashes going across. They hit everybody but each other. It's insanity. Yeah. So not good shots, but they have no regard for other people's safety. Right. Um, and that's why so often when we hear of these large shootings that ultimately you hear maybe a kid or some young woman walking on the sidewalk getting hit, mm-hmm. opposed to uh, right. the gang-on-gang violence. And we've heard of horrific stories. North Minneapolis this past summer, a little girl just riding with her family after coming home from McDonald's, yep. gets hit by a stray bullet. I mean, Correct. You, it just uh, to your point, uh, no regard for, for other human beings when they're firing at each other. Well, you alluded to uh, one of the suspects, anyways. Not all three of them, but at least one in particular. Authorities are confident that one of the uh, firearms was purchased via a straw buy, straw purchase. Correct. Give us a little insight of what that entails. Yeah. So, uh, for the listeners who don't know, a straw purchase basically, if uh, you have person A, John Doe, uh, who's trying to get a firearm, but John Doe is a felon or legally knows they can't purchase one, so they're going to get flagged in that background check. Yeah, uh, background checks? I've yeah, I know. Authority that they don't have background checks. Shocking. What's going on, Peter yeah, Johnson? The anyway. for, that 4473, if anybody's <laughs> ever bought a gun, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Continue, sir. Yes. <laughs> so uh, in that 4473 process, they're going to go through the NCIC check. Well, if that John Doe with a felon or is a known gang member known violent criminal, known domestic abuser, et cetera, uh, they're going to need somebody to purchase that firearm for them. And what happens is that's what you what you call a straw purchase, which is why on that form it says, are you the actual purchaser of this firearm? Mm-hmm. Which means, is this firearm for you? Right. Or are you buying it for someone else? Right. Um, and unfortunately, that is the, the biggest problem with especially the gang violence is the straw purchasing or stolen firearms. Yeah, this is the this is the biggest source of frustration for me and I, I imagine yourself is when we hear of these atrocities, immediately you get your elected officials, in this case Mayor of St. Paul Melvin Carter, uh congressional uh, representative uh, uh I call her the shrill and unaccomplished Betty McCollum, <laughs> who represents the fourth congressional district, which includes St. Paul, immediately Jump on uh, calls for common sense gun control. We got to get the guns off the streets, and more often than not, the legislation they cite will only hurt the law-abiding citizen, the law-abiding gun owner. And the biggest source of frustration, and again, probably your, yourself as well, it's no one ever focuses on aspects like that. The straw purchase, when it's ascertained that there's a straw purchase, it's like, and there are some district attorneys who don't go on record, and they're asked, you know. Well, What's the deal? Why don't you go after these straw purchases? And a lot of them, they may not say it out loud, but it's like it's not a big enough headline. It's not a sexy enough headline. Yeah. But it's undeniable that it's the it's a root cause of a lot of these violent altercations, Peter. Yeah, and that's the the infuriating part is we have a ton of gun laws on the books that we could enforce, and we have a federal DOJ that could actually step in and do something about that. Well, the problem is that the laws already exist to pers- uh, to go after these people, right. right? All these gun shops that are buying, believe it or not, they have camera systems in there. Mm-hmm. Can, kind of, can kind of figure out who bought it and right. do your trace all the way back to that, that point of sale. So we have the data points. We have the transition from the first buyer to the criminal street element. It doesn't take a genius detective to put these lines together. Right. So we have all this data, but when you actually look at how many people get charged with a straw purchase, it's psychotically low by contrast to how often it happens. Yeah, and I and I think to to that end, I mean, you look at it, you get uh, some some guy, he, you know, I don't know, I, I think you've told the story before, tries to get his girlfriend up to buying, yep. buying per- a firearm. Personally seen it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you arrest a, you know, say a 21-year-old young woman for buying a firearm, people look at that saying, well, that's certainly not going to curb gun violence, but actually, it will. It, it actually will. It's th- That's literally the purpose of having these laws on the book books to stop straw purchasing. Um, and the, the penalties are big enough. I mean, the pain is big enough. 
You'd think. But if we don't enforce it, yeah. there's no point. It's always a little suspicious when someone who looks like they've never held a gun in their life is like, uh, yeah, I'd like to look at a uh, VP9. <laughs> you have great taste. But. Yeah. <laughs> I fired one of those, actually. Yeah. The uh, And that I told you during my undergrad, I briefly worked in a firearms retailer, and we had to yeah, yeah. fulfill all the legal requirements of that 4473, and we'd have uh, individuals come in. And they're lit- literally looking at a piece of paper saying, yeah, I want to buy a 9 mil. Like, oh, just any? Or- just any. <laughs> yeah, right. And I've got cash. You're like, I'm under a reasonable suspicion <laughs> that you're not buying this for you. I'm not going to sell you a gun. Right, right. And we had the complete uh, leeway to do that, but it was common. It was, And as soon as you report it, because we'd have license plate numbers, the individual, local law enforcement come up, and their hands are tied. They're like, nobody wants to hear about it. Like. Until it's too late. Once again, we are joined by Peter Johnson. He, the founder of Archway Defense, talking uh, all things uh, firearms, uh, whether it's firearm safety. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into the safety aspect uh, this next segment. And here to take your calls, 651-289-4488. Brent uh, Amsden on Twitter says, uh, glad to hear Peter on the show. He's a great guy. Well, we concur, Brent. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Back with another segment, uh, one final short segment with our guest, in-studio guest, Peter Johnson. Again, 651-289-4488. 289-4488 if you have any questions or comments. Back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM1280, The Patriot. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM1280, The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Some of your favorite pastors and authors are bringing you their most popular devotionals free. Discover the joy and peace you can experience every day when you spend focused time in God's Word. Sign up for daily devotionals from Crosswalk.com and get inspiration and encouragement sent right to your inbox with devotionals for parenting, singles, women, and more. Crosswalk.com provides spiritual growth for every stage of life. Crosswalk.com is a division of Salem Media Group. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. And if there's someone you can live without, 
This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Thanks as always for tuning in. Talking with our in-studio guest, uh, Peter Johnson. Also a friend of the broadcast, Peter, the founder of Archway Defense, talking about all things firearms. Uh, Peter, obviously the big story, uh, uh, tragedy that we uh, heard about uh, late last week. Uh, actor Alec Baldwin fired a prop gun while filming a scene in New Mexico on Thursday, causing the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins and wounding director Joel Souza. The incident occurred on the set of Rust, an independent feature that was filming at the Bonanza Creek Ranch, a popular production location south of Santa Fe. Uh, I've been reading several stories. As this story came out, we've heard of other issues on set, particularly a prop gun that misfired a couple of different times. Uh, apparently, this the allegation here was a production assistant handed Alec Baldwin a gun that he was told was not loaded. Again, details are still coming out. Uh, I'm not nearly as well-versed in firearm safety as you are, Peter Johnson, but even I know if someone hands me a gun and says, yeah, don't worry, it's loaded. <laughs> I'm sorry, I trust you with my children. I'm going to check if it's loaded or not. Yeah, so let's start with this, just clear up everything. The person holding the firearm is responsible for safe firearm safe handling. Like, sure. You are ultimately culpable regardless of what's handed to you. If it's a firearm, you're holding it, it's your responsibility. Right. So... Above everything else, the uh, we're seeing social media. Oh, he was set up for failure. I heard, I heard somebody say, or on social Twitter saying, maybe it was a mega person who put a live round in I it. I saw that. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> it just it makes my mind melt. Just the stupidity of this kind of uh, dialogue. And again, you know, Alec Baldwin's a leftist douche. We get it. Right. I, I'm not a fan of the guy myself. And and I admit, I erred when I retweeted a tweet of his from three years ago, which said, "Who accidentally shoots somebody?" Okay, that was a tweet he put out three years ago, three four years ago, responding to an officer involved shooting. I retweeted it. Not I th- in good taste. I, I regret it. But I think it's pertinent. I mean, he's also known as uh, putting out, I wonder, quote, I wonder how it must feel to wrongfully kill someone. Right. Um, shoot these effing people. Right. That, these are all tweets from Alec Bottom. Sure. And everybody knows he's not the most emotionally stable person. No. I mean, he's gotten on flights on aircraft and uh, in New York City, everything else. So what what came out of this is horrific because obviously one woman lost her life. And exactly. That's another, what we should be focused Another on. injured. Yeah. Uh but it even goes more so into the most anti-corrupt uh, individuals on firearms. They are complete. Alec Baldwin is completely anti-gun. Let's nobody yeah. has any doubt on that, right? Right. Well, he makes money off of movies with guns in them. Right. He uses guns in movies, and he literally killed somebody with a firearm. Right. Uh, whether it was accidentally, negligently, fill in the blank, or however you get to that point. But it's really fascinating to see the complete hatred he has for any profession of arms, which is law enforcement, military, etc. But yet he's so willing to make money and literally put people in a position where he ended one person's life because of handling of the firearm. Yeah, and and this is something that you know he as a person is going to have to live with for the rest of uh, for the rest of his life that he killed someone. Uh, with a firearm, which he so loathes uh, in real life, you know, and this, again, was supposed to be a prop. Now, have we ascertained, was it a live round? Was it a blank? Because you, you, you've you mentioned off air that blanks, they're not nothing. They can do some damage. Oh, blanks are still lethal. Yeah. So even in uh, military shoots blanks for training, but there's, uh, without the proper devices on them, they're still lethal to feet away from you because the energy displaced. Sure. Um, I'm and we haven't confirmed it yet, but I'm going through and seeing people mentioning that the firearm was not a prop. It was actually a live firearm that they were using for target practice earlier. Sure, okay. So they were mixing movie prop guns with live firearms, which is mind-numbing. Uh, literally getting goosebumps wanting to pull my hair out and, you know, got a lot of hair to pull out. So Lucky it, you. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's If that is the case, um, the complete negligence on set, is what resulted in this woman's death. Yeah, that, there's going to be uh, a lot of liability issues that are being brought to the forefront. Uh, do you know 
what normal protocol is, Peter Johnson, on a movie set that uses firearms, whether it's props or live firearms? I mean, there there has to be some sort of safety protocol because it's drilled in my head. Every carry class I've taken, you need to be the biggest slang for kitty uh, when you're yep. handling a firearm that there is. Yeah, so uh, when I was in Vegas, obviously, being in the defense industry, uh, connected with some people, one of the friend of mine was working on the set of the Jason Bourne movie when mm. you, when they were in Vegas okay. as one of the law enforcement advisors, which is also in the firearm side. Most of the firearms that they bring in are not physically capable of putting a live round in them. Okay. So they're permanently modified, and that would be a prop gun. Sure. So it, it can maybe cycle. It might get a little bit of muzzle flash. But the any time that you're using, taking a real firearm and converting it to something that can't fire or shouldn't fire a live round – no matter what, there's still massive safety protocols that have to go through of uh, which gun are we using. I mean, if you've watched in movies where they're holding a gun, they cut the scene or cut the camera angle and it's a different gun. Right. Just imagine how many times piece, pieces are moving back oh, and forth. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, but the the handling should be identical to live gun handling because, in fact, they are real firearms. If they're if they're mechanical and they're not just a piece of rubber, uh, they are truly live firearms. And if they can fire a blank, even a blank, there's only a few blanks that are what you call safe blanks. Okay. Um, but most of those would look dramatically different for a movie and wouldn't fit in. Once again, we've been joined uh, by Peter Johnson. He, the uh, founder of Archway Defense, uh, talking all things uh, firearms. Uh, Peter, we only have about a minute remaining in the uh, segment. Always appreciate your time, sir. Anything uh, anything more you want to add? Anything more that we should uh, keep an eye on when uh, looking at this case? Because it seems like details are very sporadic over the past few days here. Yeah, I would challenge, um, would it be unreasonable, maybe a good question, would it be unreasonable to to rip apart the social media history and the background of the individuals involved to the same level that they do for every cop? Mm, is that is that unfair in this case? Um, we have somebody who negligently, willfully, or et cetera, killed someone else with a firearm, regardless right. if it's a prop or not. Why isn't the same standard applied uh, when let's say a law enforcement officer gets involved in a shooting. I would say that would be a good one talking with your friends of saying, why aren't we holding this to the same standard? Yeah, that's an excellent point and a great thought to uh, leave on. So, uh, Peter, as always, we appreciate uh, your time. Uh, by the way, uh, archwaydefense.com is a website. Yep. People want to see your work. And are you are you much active on social media these days, Peter? So or? we dialed back from social media. Uh, one, we were banned on Twitter. And kind of I know of that. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, Facebook, we dialed back. Instagram, still on a little bit, but dialed back. But archwaydefense.com, there's a contact us button. Um, and if you're following us, you, you'll know where to get a hold of us. Peter, as always, appreciate the time, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you. And, folks, thank you, as always, for tuning in. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Have yourselves a great rest of the weekend. Godspeed, my friends, and have a great week. Closing time. This is Dennis Prager for Mathnasium, the math learning center. As you know, happiness is a moral obligation. But if you're a parent, that might seem impossible if you're trying to teach your kids math. If this is you, then Mathnasium has the solution. At Mathnasium, students learn to understand and master math. They learn number sense, math fluency, and problem-solving skills that equip them for success, not just in school, but for the rest of their lives. Mathnasium students become confident and even enjoy learning math with Mathnasium's customized and live one-on-one one approach. Students can actually reach their potential, possibly even more than you might imagine. More than ever, your child needs extra math support to keep moving ahead. So do your kids and yourself a favor and enroll today at one of the Mathnasium centers listed on the Patriots advertiser page at am1280thepatriot.com. Mathnasium, changing lives and adding happiness through math. Mathnasium is now hiring part-time math coaches. To enroll or apply, call 763-269-6969. I noticed on my leg that I was getting some blue veins. My life was interrupted by constant itching. I didn't know what was wrong with my legs. I couldn't wear the shoes that I wanted to wear. For over 35 years, Vein Clinics of America has been the leader in the minimally invasive treatment of vein disease. Visible varicose veins and spider veins are much more than just a cosmetic problem. Often, they can be signs of a serious medical condition causing tired legs, pain, even blood clots. Vein Clinics of America gave my life back. I'm glad I went to Vein Clinics of America, and Vein Clinics of America works. 
and feel really confident in what I wear and feel cute every day. Thank you for giving me my legs back. At Bain Clinics of America, we can help get your legs back. Medicare and most insurance is accepted. Learn more about your condition and treatment options. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Call 800-540-7500. 800-540-7500. That's 800-540-7500. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. 800-917-8546. That's 800-917-8546. Happy, happy, happy 20th anniversary. AM 1280. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.